Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. August 7th, 2016. Hey, what's up, FC? Welcome to the Foundation Church Podcast. As always, I'm Bobby. I'm super glad to be back. I spent a few days on the lake and got an ear infection, but it's okay because other than my center of balance being slightly off and not being able to hear out of my left ear, I'm 100% and ready to deliver you the news. So here's what's happening right now at Foundation Church. Okay, okay, okay. So let's talk about FC Market Days. I'm going to soapbox just a little bit. It's on the 21st, and if you're not in a connect group, you need to be there. This is your chance to get to know the leaders, uh, to hang out a little bit, and see what you're missing. Because church doesn't just happen on Sundays, it happens throughout the week. So if you don't know, our connect groups are where we meet uh, at any time during the week and flesh out this whole Christianity thing, which isn't a spectator sport, it's a participation sport. So nobody gets to hang out on the bench. Uh, and that's what Market Days is for. So come out. It's going to be fun. I promise the connect groups aren't weird and scary and crazy. They're actually full of really cool people. And you may be surprised. Also, this Friday night at 6.30 p.m. is worship night. The band is going to be playing for an hour or as long as it takes. We're just going to come before God. So seriously, you're going to be missing out if you don't come. Anyway, uh, without further ado... That's all I've got. Here's Justin delivering the first sermon in the new series. In the good morning. Moment. It's good to see everybody here as we start a new series called In the Moment. Uh, I want to stop real quick and welcome a bunch of our college students back. A bunch of our ORU students are back today. Um, and so we are super glad that you are here. Um, I know we have a bunch of the ORU soccer girls uh, team here, so we are really glad um, that they are here. We miss you guys when you have summer break, but we are glad that you guys are back and glad that you guys get a break. Um, this is going to be a great, great series all the way through, especially for our college students. Um, next week, I'm talking about don't sacrifice all the moments for a moment. Um, it's going to be really good. Um, but Today I want to talk to you about beginnings. I, I, I went out with several people this past month for lunch and they didn't know how Foundations Church has started. How many of you in this place have been with Foundations Church since day one? I mean day one. Yeah, so there's like five and let me tell you something, it wasn't pretty. I wasn't near this good looking five years ago. Um, it, 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 it was like we got, we, we met in the Nussbaum's house, I remember, and we, we decided to pull everybody in that was going to start this church with us, and there was like 10 adults that had jobs and a bunch of college students, and college students, I love you, but you're poor. 
And you should be poor because you're in college. And we kind of looked around like, how are we going to do this thing? And even to go back before that, um, when, when Foundations Church came about, uh, it, it happened in December. And I had just lost my job as a youth pastor. And, um, and that's another great fabulous story, but that's for a later time. Uh, but I, I lost my job as youth pastor. We're sitting there about December 28th. My wife looks at me and she goes, so what are we going to do? And I go, we're going to start a church. And she goes, what? Because we didn't have any money. We were broke. We didn't have any people. We didn't have a church. We didn't have a, like another church to send us off. And she's like, where are we going to go? And I said, Tulsa. We're going to start a church in Tulsa. And she's like, but, but with what money? And I'm like, I don't know. With what people? I don't know. And you've heard me say this before. Where at? I don't know. We're going to go start a church. It's going to be awesome. And she's like, all right. And, and let me say, just thank God that my wife was willing. Because there's a lot of wives that just would have been like, no, sir. And we moved to Tulsa, and I had to get a job to support my family and to have insurance. And so I got a job at Starbucks. True story. This is my apron from Starbucks. There's certain things you need to keep from your past. This is it. Like ex-girlfriend pictures? No. Throw those away. Not good. Somebody the other day asked me, like, hey, have you ever looked up where your ex-girlfriend's in front of my wife? And my wife was like, he better not have. Um, I was like, no. Don't check my history. Um, anyways. I haven't, but um, I, I remember waking up at literally four in the morning to get ready to go be a barista at Starbucks. And, and um, can I tell you, in that beginning moment, the beginning of what was to be the moment of Foundations Church, um, it, was, it was ugly. It was not fun. Um, waking up at four in the morning is never fun unless you're going on a trip somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like a different type of feeling at four in the morning if you're going on a trip than going to work. And I remember going to work and I would run into people and people would run into me and they were like, oh, Justin, what, 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 are, you, what are you doing here? Because I've been a youth pastor in Tulsa and I'm like, we're going to start a church. It's going to be awesome. You should come check it out. They're like, oh, bless your heart. It's going to be great. Wonderful. Uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like Tulsa needs, an, really? Tulsa needs another church? Sure, yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Here's the deal. Nobody, nobody really remembers me working at Starbucks because it was over eight years ago. Nobody remembers Shannon Dalrymple, our, our executive director that leads worship with us, um, that he was out during the week at Fort Smith and all over selling roofs for a roofing company so that he could be a part of this church plant. Nobody remembers that Greg Fisher or Fish, our business director, worked at Union's after school program. You want to talk about awful. <laughs> and you want to, no, I'm going to stop and be nice to Fish, but is no, nobody, nobody remembers that beginning moment. They just kind of look at where we are and like, man. And I tell them we were church plant like, that must have been awesome. That must have been, that is so cool. And I'm like, it is really cool. But can I tell you, it was scary. It was, it was one of those places that I remember like all these, like I was working at Starbucks and I had 18 year olds as my boss and they're like, hey, let me talk to you about leadership development. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I am 32 years old, and you're going to pour, pour into me, pour into me, 18-year-old. Just 
tell me about your knowledge. So how's family life going for you, buddy? You know, I'm like, <laughs> just pour in. No, 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 nobody kind of, everybody wants the moment, but nobody really wants to start at the beginning of the moment. And, and here's what this series is all about, is that you and I are gonna find ourselves in a moment. There's going to be a moment for every one of our lives, and the question is, throughout this whole series, is do you step into the moment, do you own the moment, or do you bypass it? Do you forfeit your significance that that moment is going to bring you? And today I wanna to talk to you about the beginning of moments. Because understand this, and it's, it's our first point today, but everything has a beginning. Everything. Every relationship has a beginning moment. Um, I remember the first time I met my wife and I scared her to death because I was 20 years old and I was a whole lot more obnoxious than this. And I met her on the first day of her coming to Bible college and we went to a small Bible college and if there was a good looking girl that walked on campus, you better get on it pretty quick because the pickings were not real, it wasn't a lot. I mean, apparently there was a lot of good-looking guys, but there wasn't. <laughs> um, and I remember walking into her room, and I was like, well, dang. And I walked in, and I was like, well, hello, my name's Justin. And because you can only be in the girls' rooms for like the first two days to help them move in, and I didn't move one thing in. I was just there to meet the ladies. And I, I remember meeting Casey, and I freaked her out. It took months for me to convince her to go on a date with me. But once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, um, <laughs> um, but there was a beginning moment. There was a beginning stage. If you are getting ready to start a job, there's going to be a beginning stage. There's going to be an interview process. There's going to be a first day of work. If you are going to begin your, your, your school, you're, you're starting mid-high, you're starting high school, you're starting college, there is a beginning moment. Every stage, every phase, you begin a family, you begin going after your dreams. Hear me, there is a beginning moment, and beginnings are exciting, they are exciting here. They're, they're, because there's so much potential in them. But there's also so much risk in them. And what I've understood and what I've seen is that we want to get to the finish line. We want to get to the stage before we ever start. We, we don't want to deal with the risk because it may not, it may not turn out the way I thought it would. It may not, it, just because you begin something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. And some of you, the very reason you haven't owned your moment is because you're afraid of the beginning. Amen. And some of, I, I preached a message in our Redneck series called Fixin' To. Some of you remember that message. And, and I told you, what have you been avoiding that you need to start engaging in? And some of you, the, 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 the truth is, you know what you need to be engaged in, you know what you need to begin, but you're still too scared. Can I tell you, it's always gonna have a beginning moment. Your dream, your destiny, the, the promise that God has for you always has a beginning moment. The question is, will you begin or are you just waiting for the, the, the stage moment instead of the beginning moment? We have a... Uh, 
pastors. We have some friends that um, pastor a pretty significant sized church. And um, one of the, the wives that, uh, the worship pastor's wife, she came up and they host this huge women's conference every year. And she came up to the pastor's wife and she goes, um, yes, I, I, I feel that God has told me that I'm to be the keynote speaker of your conference this year. And you're talking thousands and thousands of women. And she kind of was taken back, the pastor's wife, and she was like, I, I, I had no idea you even had a calling to speak because you've never been involved in a women's Bible study. You've never even led a Bible study, much less attended one and talked to a small group or talked to one of our church's small group, but, but, but this is what you feel like. But, but hear me, we want the stage, don't we? We want the lights, we want the credit without ever having to do the hard work of beginning it. And that's where a lot of us think we just begin it and, and you're, you're just pushed out in front and you're the success story and it's, it's there and there's no hard work involved. But can I tell you, grabbing hold of the promise that God has for your life takes work. It takes energy. It takes you showing up every day. But hear me, you will never fulfill the promise that God has put on your life until you decide to begin going after it. And there has to be a beginning moment for you to own your moment. Here's what it says in Zechariah chapter four, verses six through 10. It says this, and Zechariah's talking. He says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It's not by force nor by strength or not by might, not by power. Some of you grew up listening to and hearing, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. In verse 10, most of us, we just didn't know where it was in the Bible. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And I want to read that first part of verse 10. Do not despise these small beginnings. Don't despise where you're starting at. Don't despise it so much that you don't begin it. Don't despise it thinking, well, I was made for more than this. Don't despise the 18-year-old at Starbucks that's wanting to pour leadership principles into your life. Don't despise the small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And some of you, you just need to begin your work because you have been just despising the small beginning, but God has a purpose to your small beginning. You know, when, when most of us get married now, we expect to have what our parents have, right? When we get married, don't we? It's like a very entitlement generation. We're growing up and we think, oh, our, 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 our house should have wood floors and we should have a pool and we should have all these things that our parents have and we've been married for a month. Well, I don't know why I'm not driving what mom and dad are. It's because they have worked their rear off for a lifetime to get where they are and yet we expect to be where they are at the beginning and, and God says this to us. When it comes to our life, when it comes to owning the moment, when it comes to stepping into the moment, man, don't despise 
the small beginnings. Don't despise where you are, but start the work because the Lord takes joy in seeing the work begin. God enjoys seeing the work start. You going after the dream. You going after the promises that God has for you. And, and here it is. All of us in this place, I truly believe this in my heart. We have something we feel God has called us to. We feel like there's a purpose, there is a plan, there is a promise for our life, and yet there's a reason that we haven't started it. And for many of us, it's because we have despised the smallness of our beginning. We have despised and think, we think we were created for more than this, and you were, but you will never get to more than this until you start with your small beginning. Amen. And I will tell you this, a lot of us were great at starting. And we have this starting point where we're ready to go, and then we have this finish line, and it looks like this, and everything is great and wonderful, and the start and the finish isn't the problem. It's this area right here. It's your meantime moment. And this morning, I would just instruct you, keep marching in your meantime. In your meantime, you know what God has promised. You want to see it become a reality. But can I tell you the, the, the difference between your promise becoming a reality, what makes the biggest difference is your meantime marching. Can you march? Can you keep going after it in the meantime? Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. We're going to go through the whole story of Jericho. Um, the verses are up on the screen, but we're going to skip around. We're going to hit verses 1 through 5, go to verses 8 through 11, 14 through 16, and then verse 20. It says this. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Verse eight, after Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with the horns and some behind the ark with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, don't even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Verse 14. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to camp, and they followed this pattern for six days. But on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. 
The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. And when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Here's what, I love this story. This is really the first battle that the Israelites have engaged in um, since crossing the Jordan River. They're taking hold of the promised land. This is a promise that God has told Joshua and the Israelites that is ahead of them. And, and God gives Joshua directions. He gives him instructions. I have given you Jericho, but here's what you've got to do. You've got to march around the town for seven days, but for six of those days, you're just gonna march around at once. You're gonna just, here's your beginning point, here's your end, you're gonna march around it, and you're not gonna say anything, you're just gonna keep going around it, and you're just gonna, you're just gonna march. You're just gonna march, you're gonna shut up, and you're gonna march. And then on the seventh day, you're gonna go around this thing seven times, and on the seventh time, once you clear the city walls, the seventh time, you're gonna shout, and the wall's coming down. And, and, and Excuse me, but in, in my, I, I see things play out, like how I would conduct myself when things are playing out. And, and seven days doesn't sound real long, but I would expect to see a little bit of difference, you know, around the third time around. Be like marching around, and I'd be looking at the walls and being like, man, inside, because I'm told I had to shut up, um, which that'd be the biggest miracle of all, but... Um, just look, I would expect the walls to start cracking. You know, it's for there to be showing some sort of sign that God's doing something. You know, God, I'm around the third time. It's fourth day, God. Fourth day, I'm doing what you told me to. I'm in the moment. I've started. I, I, be, I began the promise. I'm still not seeing any cracks in the mortar. I'm not seeing any, like the walls aren't swaying. There's not a big wind happening. I'm around five times, God. And man, I, I just know, I just know, but man, I'm not seeing. And, and can I tell you, when it got to the seventh day, it would be hard to march. When, when you've not seen any difference made, it would be really hard to keep marching. You're not seeing any difference. But this is their meantime moment. What do you, how do you conduct yourself in the meantime where you've started after what God has promised you and there's the promise over there and you're somewhere here? How do you conduct yourself? And really the question is, can you keep marching in your meantime when you don't see a difference? Can, can you keep marching in your meantime? Man, do you know the desires God has put on your heart? You, you see it, but this is reality. Can you keep marching? Because you know what he's promised, but you don't see any improvement. Some of you here, you know God has promised you a good marriage, but you don't see any improvements, and you've started to become the person God has called you to be. And, and your marriage seems to be getting worse and you seem to be getting more distance. What are you gonna do in your meantime? Are you gonna keep marching or are you gonna throw your hands up in the air and say, I've tried all that I can? Can I tell you, when we get to the, the 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love, and probably most of us had it read in our wedding, it says, love is patient, love is kind, does not boast. And it goes on and on. And at the very end, it says it never gives up. 
And some of us here, we're in this place and your marriage isn't where you thought it would be or what you feel. You, you just don't feel in love anymore. But can I tell you, it's time for some of us to grow up and march in the meantime because love becomes a choice. It doesn't just stay a feeling. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to love my, let my love mature into kindness. I'm going to let my love mature into never giving up because it wasn't just about an emotion I said, but it was a commitment I made. And so in the meantime, of where I am and where I want my marriage to be, I'm going to keep on marching. I know what God has promised, but I don't see it. Can you keep marching when you don't see a difference? Some of you parents here, man, your kids, it's getting worse and worse, and you know what God has promised, and you started in the right direction, but it's just not, you're not seeing any difference. Can you keep praying? Can you keep being the parent they don't deserve. Can you keep having sleepless nights where you're just up praying over your kids? Are you going to keep marching in your meantime? Are you keep owning that moment? Let me talk to my, oh, it's really weird, but I just feel like this message, this point right here is for a lot of ours people that are single. I don't do this a lot. But singles, you know where your start was, and you know what God has promised. And you feel like you've been marching for, in fact, your distance isn't this. Your distance is like this. You've been marching and marching and marching. You're like, Justin, you know how long I've been marching? <laughs> You know how long my meantime has been, and I don't, the pickings ain't getting any better. In fact, I'm just knocking things over now. I mean, it's a long ways to where I see God's fulfillment of what he's promised me. And you know what we want to do here when we don't see any difference, when we don't see any hint of things happening behind the scenes? We want to compromise. We want to compromise our standards. Well, maybe my standards are too high. Maybe, maybe I should just get on a, a, a Tinder and just start hooking up instead of waiting on what God has. All the older people here are like, Tinder? <laughs> Ask your kids. Maybe, maybe I, I will just, you know, kind of hook up instead of hang up on what God is Desiring for me to have, and you want to stop your meantime marching because you don't see any improvement of what God promised you. Can I tell you, keep marching in your meantime because you, your ability to see God's promise happen isn't really based on your talent. Like, like Zachariah said, it's not about your might. It's not about your power, but it's by the Spirit of God, your helper. Can I tell you, it's not about your ability. It's not about your talent to see the promise come to fruition. It's about your continual obedience. Amen. Parent, it is about your continual obedience, being the parent that God has called you to be. Even when your kids are old and they know better, 
Are you still gonna be the godly example that they need? It's about your continual obedience and waiting and marching in the meantime of God's promise where it started and to where it's fulfilled. It's about waiting and marching in the meantime. Can you march? Can you stay obedient? Can you keep marching when you don't feel like it? Because I can tell you this, there's gonna be moments where you just don't feel like marching. You, you just don't, you're like, you know what? I just don't feel it. I watched Rudy three times and I'm still not motivated. <laughs> I watched Rudy last night with my kids. It is just an awesome movie. May have cried a little bit and it's like my hundredth time to watch it. I'm like, look away girls, mm, you know. Um, it's just good. And there's no, you've watched the Sylvester Stallone quote where he's talking to his kid, Rocky Five, and every guy in here knows what I'm talking about because it's the only good part of the movie. That no motivations happen to you. You don't feel like showing up and being the employee you should be at work. You don't feel like being the husband that you should be. You don't feel like being the wife or the spouse you should be. You don't feel like being the man or woman of God. You know God has called you to be and you just are tired and you don't feel like marching. Can you keep marching when you don't feel like marching? Can you keep marching when you don't feel the goosebumps of the Holy Spirit? You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, ooh, I feel the Lord in this place. What do you do when you don't feel the Lord? Do you still stay obedient or is your relationship with him all based on your feelings? Can you stay marching in your meantime? When it's day five, can you keep marching? When you're on day seven and you're hitting that city for the fifth time and you're not seeing a difference and you're kind of like, you know what, I feel kind of burnt. Can you keep marching? Can you stay obedient? Because can I tell you, man, there's such a massive reward in continual obedience. Man, we, we expect God to reward us for being obedient, don't we? My, my kids, when they obey what I say, they'll say, okay, so what are you gonna give me, Dad? You know? So, so Dad, what, what, are you gonna, what are you gonna do? I, I, I did what you said, so let me have it. Where's the puppy? What vacation are we going on? You know, where's my house that I've been praying over? Where's that car? But we do it with God, don't we? We do. We, we sure do. Well, God, I've been, I've been obeying your ways. I, I've stopped looking at porn, and I, I'm expecting you to bring the Mrs. Wright, but can I tell you, until you become the man of God, he's not gonna send you the woman of God Amen. that he's called, because you'll mess it all up. He cares enough about you not to let you mess it up. Girls, until you stop compromising on every person that you're thinking about becoming your possible spouse, he's not gonna send you the man until you start to raise your standards and keep marching in the meantime of your waiting. Man, I, I'm just I'm telling you, some of you, you, gotta, you got to march when you don't feel it. You got to march when it's four o'clock in the morning and Starbucks and you getting trash slop slung all over you and you don't want to do it anymore and you're embarrassed because you're at the beginning of stages. Can I tell you, I was there. You got to keep marching because you understand God's promise is way bigger and way more worth how I feel. It's about being continually obedient. Can you be obedient when you don't feel it? Because can I tell you the, the reward for my children 
from being obedient is that there's no punishment. They don't have to pay a price. <laughs> Can I tell you, it's the same way with us. We don't have to sacrifice things that God has for us because we've been continually obeying him. We've been continually following him. I would tell you this, is that all of us can do a victory dance, but many of us never experience a victory dance because we're not consistent in our meantime marching. And if you'll be consistent in your meantime, man, hear me, is God will bring you the promise. It's the last point, God always delivers on his promises. God always delivers on his promises. God is not a liar. If he said he'd do it, he'll do it. It may not be in your time frame, and it may not be when you thought it would be, but if God said it, he'll do it. Joshua chapter six, verse 20 says this, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. And check this next word out. Suddenly. Suddenly. The walls of Jericho collapsed. And the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Can I tell you, I believe in this place there are suddenly moments getting ready to happen in many of our lives. Just suddenly, out of nowhere, boom, God does it. Suddenly, they've been consistent in their meantime marching. They have marched and marched and marched and marched, and all of a sudden, suddenly, it didn't say the walls just slow, suddenly, just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam, the walls came down. Can I tell you, I've seen this play out. I remember Fish, uh, our, our business administrator, moving here, and he started his beginning moment going towards what God has promised him, that he was gonna be in ministry, and he moved here with his dad, and they're doing ministry, and he's here working a part-time job, and he's been single his whole life, and then suddenly, he meets Robin, now known as Robin Fisher. And I gotta tell you, this may be one of the things I thank God for every day, is that Fish met Robin. Amen. Amen. I tell you, God knew the desires of Fish's heart, but Fish was staying continually obedient, and then suddenly, it just happened. Can I tell you, my whole life, we had struggled and struggled and struggled financially, but we kept staying continually obedient in our tithing and our giving and giving above our tithe. And can I tell you, suddenly, all of a sudden, God just started blessing us like crazy, like people outside of our church buying us cars, making <clears throat> ways for us to move into houses that we had no business moving into, but there was a suddenly God moment that God did and happened in our life, and suddenly our church moved into Memorial High School, and suddenly we had 100 people in our church, and suddenly we had 200 people in our church, and suddenly this building opened up, and suddenly we moved into this building, and suddenly we grew to 500, and I believe suddenly we're going to grow to 1,000, and we're going to have to suddenly move into a new building. Can I tell you, 
God has suddenly moments if you will just stay consistent in your marching because he always, always, always delivers on his promises. Don't you dare forfeit your suddenly moment because you refuse to march in your meantime moment. Man, he's got a suddenly moment. Man, something's gonna turn around suddenly in your marriage if you will just keep marching. Something's gonna turn around in your finances if you will just keep on marching. Something's going to turn around with the children if you just keep on marching in your meantime. When you don't feel like it, keep marching because your walls are getting ready to come down. When you don't feel a difference, keep marching because your walls are suddenly getting ready to come down. Man, you may not have any hope. I would tell you, keep marching because your walls are suddenly going to come down. Don't get tired. Don't get weary in doing good things. But man, take hope, take strength that God always, 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 always delivers on what he promises. You may not know how it's going to work. Your job isn't to know how. Your job is simply to do what God has called you to do. And he always takes care of the how. As I'm closing, I want to read you a verse out of Joshua, the very end, Joshua 23, verse 14, says this, and now I'm about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. And some of you, you need to write this verse down because you feel like some of them have failed. You feel like you've been shortchanged on the promises that God has promised you. But I would tell you this morning, keep marching. For some of you, you keep, you keep delaying what God is wanting you to start and to begin. Man, don't forfeit that moment. But go after what God, there's gotta be a beginning moment. Go after what God has for you. Man, it may be scary, but go after it. And for some of you, man, you started down that path, you started down that road. Man, own, own the meantime moments. Man, be a meantime marcher that you're just marching in the meantime. You know what God has called you to and you're gonna be continually obedient because there's power in the obedience of continual, just being continually obedient. There is power in that, man. You don't sacrifice anything, but you just walk into the promises of God. And I'm telling you, for those of you, you're discouraged. For those of you, you thought, man, it's passed me by. Can I tell you, God has a suddenly moment for you. And the Bible says this, Paul says this, don't get tired of doing good. Because at a right time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Your right time, your suddenly moment is getting ready to happen because God always delivers what he's promises. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, there's so many of us in this place. We're just being controlled by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. That there's no guarantee. God, I, I asked this morning we would stop delaying, we would stop despising the small beginnings, but we would just begin. And for those of us that we've begun, 
but we're here, we're discouraged. We're here, we know what the promises you gave us concerning all the different aspects of our life. And Lord, yet we don't see any difference. And we've been marching for a while. Lord, we, we're tired. We don't feel like marching anymore. God, I pray, let us keep marching in our meantime. Lord, because our meantime marching makes all the difference. Lord, I pray that we would be continually obedient. Lord, that we would continue to follow after what you have for us. And Lord, our hope is this, is that there's a suddenly moment coming our way. Lord Jesus, there's a, a moment where you just move, and it's not in our timing, and it's not in our understanding, and it's not in our way, but God, you do something so uniquely you that defies all imagination. And so, Lord, I pray that you would move, that you would let us take heart, have courage, and that we would step into the moment, and we would own the moment that you, not that our lives may be easier, but that our lives may be lived out in such a way that it brings glory and honor unto you. And we can say, look at what the Lord has suddenly done in me and through me. Lord, we love you and we praise you. With your heads bowed, nice closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I, I need to, to begin new with Jesus Christ because my relationship isn't what it should be. Maybe you're here, you've never asked Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're here and you're not where you need to be. Can I tell you, this is your beginning moment. And own this moment. Step into it because this is such a significant moment for you. And if that's you, when I get to three, would you just raise your hands right where you are? And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning saying, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand. There's two hands. There's three hands. Yeah, there's four hands. Is there anyone else? Yeah, I see your hand. There's five hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, yeah, there's one more hand. There's six hands. You say, Justin, this is, this is my beginning moment right here. And I need to begin anew. Yeah, I see in the back. There's seven hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, this is the moment that I own where things become different for me, where I start new. I start fresh and I start going after the promise God has for me. Because somewhere in the meantime, I gave up. Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, you join these seven hands that are lifted across this place. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I just confess that I have sinned and messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. And I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these seven individuals a raise their hand? A huge round of applause. Yeah, Foundation. Join us in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more or get connected, join us online at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.